In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you Who shut is up, man? Listen? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. And I'm Elise Morales. And if you're just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit in the news brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Which is us. How was your weekend, Elise? It was honestly, it was a good weekend. I felt the fall energy. I um, I I carved a pumpkin. Cute. Um, if you don't mind, Amanda, I do have a personal plug. Two Please. quick personal plugs. I try to be limited with these, but your plugs are our plugs. <laughs> okay, my two quick personal plugs are number one. Um, I do have another podcast. In case we, it's called the roast of your teenage self. We talk only about times when President Trump wasn't <laughs> the president, which is really nice. And we have an episode coming out today with Margaret Cho. That's Ooh. really, really good. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'd love to hear a comedian talk about something that has nothing to do with Donald Trump, check out the roast of your teenage self podcast on all of the various podcasting apps. Uh, Margaret was amazing and is the coolest person in the world. And it was very, I love her so much. Uh, And number two, um, there is actually a new book coming out called notes from the bathroom line. It has, uh, it has essays from 150 different female comedians. And I am one of them. That sounds Uh, awesome. That book is available. Well, it's available for pre-order now. And in addition to me, they've got essays from Darcy Carden from the good place. Cecily Strong, Rachel Dratch. It's like all these other people. I mean, Margaret Cho again. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret keeps coming up in my life. So um, if you're looking for a little humor from women in your day, I would highly suggest pre-ordering that book. And it was edited by a very wonderful and funny woman named Amy Solomon. So I just wanted to tell people to check those two things out. That sounds like a perfect antidote to um, some uh, humorless woman we might talk about today. Yeah, I just wanted to get out like, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Here are a couple fun options for you to detox Yeah, everything excellent. that's going on. Yes. Uh, so today we're going to talk about early voting and the Senate confirmation hearings. So election day is just three short weeks from today. Three weeks, 21 days, less than a month. Crazy. Uh, early voting is underway in a number of states, including Georgia, where images of long lines went pretty viral yesterday. That state's Secretary of State said yesterday that about 125,000 people had voted by the end of Georgia's first day of early voting. But voters outside of Atlanta waited upwards of 8 to 11 hours to cast their ballots. Now, some delays were blamed on a technical glitch at a huge polling site in Atlanta, specifically. 
they were just having a lot of issues with. I think this is happening frequently where the voting process itself is going okay. It's the ch- it's the virtual check-in process that is getting like glitchy. Um, George has been doing this. <laughs> right. Didn't this happen in the midterms? They were like, oh no, a technical problem. I'm like, do we? <laughs> yeah. Can we get a genius, an Apple genius in here? Maybe get a geek squad on on demand over here so that we can get these machines fixed? Like, what's happening? Right. Well, Elise, as we were coming on today, the Virginia voter registration porthole reportedly is down because a wire was accidentally cut. What an accident. What, What an accident. Today happens to be the last day you can register. Um, oh, also speaking of Virginia, this is not something we're getting in on the pod, but apparently the people who wanted to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer also had a plan to kidnap Ralph Northam, and that came out today. Oh, they goodness. Were, were they going to put him on trial? They were in talks. They were coordinating. <laughs> My friend texted me about it and was like, why do people think these governors are just roaming around, like that you can just catch them? <laughs> I know. Gotta That's really catch funny. them up, governors. <laughs> I hope they don't hear you say that because that's going to become their like low key web slogan. <laughs> They're going to like have like Pokemon a whole language around it. Yes. Um, yes. Georgia is doing is up to some fuckery. Remember in 2018 where the sec- then secretary of state who runs elections happened to win the governorship and is governor to this day. So a lot of really big consequential Senate races there. Like I think that you could see some real surprises um, on election night from Georgia, mm-hmm. super long lines and research shows that race is one of the strongest predictors of how long a person waits in line to mm-hmm. vote, which is mad troubling. Yeah. Like when we're talking, when you say outside of Atlanta, it's like, right. That means black voters normally. And yeah. we're talking about Georgia. Yeah. The more densely populated areas are not having are having the hardest time voting. Yes. Uh, Early voting also began in Texas this morning, where the governor's executive order to close all but one polling site in each county has been sort of ping ponging through the courts. Late last night, a federal appeals court upheld Abbott's order that counties could only have one ballot drop off location and. Just to contextualize this, as we know, Texas is enormous. Uh, Some counties are as large as the state of Rhode Island and have populations of greater than 4 million. So for there to be one ballot drop box is completely absurd when you're talking about Literally, that would be like one ballot drop box in an entire state. Yeah, there were um, pictures online this morning of like people getting there at 5 a.m. to drop off ballots. And just you could see headlights looping around for just. Yeah. And I yeah, I don't want to I I always like hesitate with sort of sharing these images or harping on them because you never want to discourage people from voting. And while it did take a lot of people eight to 11 hours and that's absolutely voter suppression, like. The thing that's consistent is that everybody's so motivated to come out and like is coming out. And then I saw some follow ups like, yeah, it was a really long line in your car, but you're just sitting in your car and I could wait for half an hour to get Trump out of office. It's no problem. Yeah, I mean, it's upsetting to see that this is what people have to do to vote. But there's an inspiring element to it to see like people waiting in those lines to make their voice heard. Totally. Um, Which is like... It's that it's the weird thing of like existence in this world where it's like you see an article that's like 
so inspiring. This woman uh, couldn't pay her cancer treatment, so a Boy Scout troop <laughs> sold all their patches right. for her, whatever. And it's like, I guess that's inspiring, but also her 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 payment her right. her treatment should be free. Democracy <laughs> is broken. Yeah, like, oh, that's so nice. They got pizza for dinner. They should have been at home for dinner after voting efficiently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of democracy being broken, uh, as far as Texas goes, a three judge panel, all appointed by President Trump, rejected arguments from civil and voting rights groups that claimed that Abbott's order was suppressing voting rights. In fact, these judges said that Abbott had actually expanded voting rights by extending how long voters have to drop off their ballots from one day to multiple days. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Oh, my God. So instead of waiting 11 hours, like instead of, I guess, a giant line for one day, there's going to be slightly smaller lines for a couple days. I don't know. Um, Meanwhile... And this is some true fuckery. California's Republican Party has been asked to remove unofficial ballot drop boxes that they placed in three counties. Um, The drop boxes that they put, some of them say official ballot (laughs) drop box on them. (laughs) Which is psychotic. And you know, the reason that Greg Abbott said, okay, only one per county is because he wanted, he was like, well, we couldn't possibly monitor and watch all of them. And then suddenly here comes the California Republican Party conveniently proving his point in the opposite direction by propping up all of these random ballot drop boxes. Yeah. So, so their argument is that in California, it is legal to do a thing called ballot harvesting, which is where like a person can come to your door and be like, Hey, I'll take your ballot for you. And you tell them that's okay. And then that's like a legal process that they have. So they're trying to say, well, this is just ballot harvesting, but with a fake box that we made that is designed to trick you. What's the problem? Yeah, we were definitely going to turn these ballots in. No problem. Yeah, no. All these ballots from LA, we're turning them in. We're definitely (laughs) turning them all in. Um, right. When California, yeah. When LA County turns red, nobody's going to have any questions. Yeah. It's like, Hmm. Los Angeles voted a hundred percent for Trump. That's odd. The Greg Abbott thing is just unbelievable because I mean, one of the reasons having polling places so far away that hurts everybody. You need access to transportation. It also disproportionately hurts people with disabilities, Governor Greg Abbott does have a disability. He, for much of his life, has used a wheelchair. And it's just like such a, really, man, like you're stooping this this low to protect Trump in your state. Well, so my dad has a disability and walks with a cane. And so he requested an absentee ballot in Texas. They haven't received it. So at this point, my parents are planning to just go in person But now I'm like, my dad can't wait in a long line like that. Like, he's physically not able to do that. So I think that's literally voter suppression. It would also be painful for him to sit in a car for 11 hours. Like, my dad has to, like, my, he has like an autoimmune condition. It makes his legs really stiff. It's kind of similar to MS. Um, And it's not like, it's painful for him to be sitting in a car. For 11 hours it's pain he's not able to stand in a line 
for 11 hours. Those are things he's not capable or at least are physically painful for him to do. So to limit this ballot drop box and to say, okay, yeah, no, it's fine. Just sit in your car for 11 hours. Like that's not something you can do. That's trash. That makes me so mad. That's voter suppression. I know it's really, really frustrating. And now he and my mom, who my mom can't get an absentee ballot because you have to be 65 and she's 62, which is no, I forgot about that. That's (laughs) such. Oh, my God. Such a joke. So she can't even get one. His didn't fucking come. So now they're going to go to the polls. Lord knows what the situation at the polls is going to be. And he has an autoimmune condition. Like. Excellent. It's just crazy. It's madness. It's madness. Three weeks. (laughs) I mean, luckily, they're not in Virginia anymore where there was an accidental cutting of the wire. (laughs) They're just trying to disenfranchise the Moraleses, I think, at this point. Yeah, truly, they're following us around. They're like, you, not you. Not yeah. you. Not this time. Anyone but you. <laughs> I've heard her podcast. <laughs> I'm like, haha, stupid. I'm in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the wrong one. The wrong Morales. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. 
So yesterday also began the first day of confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett. Um, the, th- the thing that jumped out at me, Elise, was that her kids, including her young children, were sat behind her the entire time with masks on. Yesterday was so boring. I think the winner of yesterday's hearing was her children under eight because I would never forgive my mother if she made me sit in a boring room with oh all these old, gross, sick old people. Talking about <laughs> the Constitution. Lord. Not even asking my mom questions. Just talking. I, I yeah. No. no way. I would be so pissed. So I mean, you're asking so much of little kids these days. They got to go to Zoom school. They got to keep a mask on their face. Like, I know. Like, Amy, let the have them be like, hi, mom. Bye. Like, don't. It's not necessary. We know you have an ass load of children. We know. Everyone right. right. <laughs> we know. So do a lot of people. Yeah. Congratulations. So kids that's beautiful. beautiful. Terrific. That's You're beautiful. fertile. So <laughs> Republicans largely defended their decision to hold hearings and confirm a justice while an election is underway. And as we discussed, so many people have voted. Nine million people have already voted. Sometimes when I'm feeling stressed, I like to fantasize that like he's already lost. Or like things are, are already happening and like we're, he's, oh, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent feeling. You know, it's a really good fantasy that I have. Okay. Yeah. Obviously it's going to be really hard to flip Texas, but it's doable. It's doable. The polls are really close, yeah. but it is, as we've discussed, a voter suppression state. So there's a lot going on, but because Abbott has done so much fuckery to restrict mail-in ballots, Texas probably will come in on election night. So let's say we flipped Texas. That's the whole ball game. And Abbott inadvertently lost the whole damn thing for Trump with his bullshit rules. And that's, that's my that's my little fantasy. I love that I fantasy too. My heart. I love that. I love that. I'm really manifesting a Senator Jamie Harrison, as I think we we all are. We're all so much money. That would be excellent. And then my sleeper is that, like, I think Georgia is really going to surprise everybody night mm-hmm. of. I mean, those lines were crazy. And Kelly Loeffler is the actual worst. The actual worst. I would. Before she goes, though, I want I want her to drop the hair care. Number routine. one hair. <laughs> she, that woman has the hair of somebody whose husband runs the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> like, it's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's like. Definitely don't want her in the Senate, but no. <laughs> to put out a tutorial, a blowout tutorial, let us know what serum she's using. I mean, that I would is, love yeah. to hear from her on. This is just her stepping stone for her hair care empire. <laughs> I'm like, girl, be an influencer. Yeah, she There's tested no- on animals and small children. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A horse has died for her to look like that. That is true. <laughs> I think that that's accurate. <laughs> So Democrats use like like we talked about yesterday was just opening statements. It was kind of boring. Democrats are super disciplined and on message. I mean, I think there's sort of a difference between, you know, some pundits say, and I'm sort of inclined to say Democrats were pretty disciplined and on message. There's another side that says, what the fuck are they doing? Like they're not doing anything of value. They're blow just sleeping on here. Yeah, let's blow it up. So They mostly emphasized how illegitimate the process is and noting that Republican senators had set the precedent they are now violating, which is all accurate and all stuff we've been talking about for like three weeks. We kind of all know these things are always weird because 
you hear that a lot of people start paying attention like this week and we're all just exhausted from talking about it from three weeks. But Democrats largely did avoid Judge Barrett's views, her qualifications yesterday, really just focusing on what's at stake if the Affordable Care Act were to be revoked. Uh, if there were a six to three conservative majority, we know that there's a case coming to them weeks after the election that could basically eliminate the entire law. Um, not one Democrat yesterday mentioned Barrett's personal views, but Republican Josh Hawley accused them of bigotry. <laughs> and uh, Kamala Harris, Harris beamed in remotely and basically was like, I can't go to this thing because you guys made it so unsafe. This is ridiculous. And yeah. noted that they had Lindsey also put Graham, capital facilities at risk. Lindsey Graham won't take a test. He won't take a test because if it came positive, which it might be, nothing can happen. Two senators on the committee had fucking COVID. Mike Lee, who had tested positive two weeks ago, showed up. His ass showed up in person. He won't stop talking and he won't wear a mask when he talks. <laughs> no mask. He's there in person. Tom Tillis did zoom in because he literally has COVID. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's so crazy because it's like if I go into my hall to put the recycling away and I don't have a mask, I'm just covering my nose and I run into someone, I am mortified. Mortified. I am kicking myself. Like I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I feel terrible. I think that person called 311. I'm like, what happened? And this man has COVID. We don't know when his last <laughs> negative test is. And he's just literally spewing nonsense right at everyone. And everybody in this chamber is fucking 80 years old. I know. I know. And like Lindsey Graham doesn't have a mask on. Like, like Amy Coney Barrett wore a mask. Yeah. So that's, you know, at least she wore a damn mask, but she already had COVID. Right. <laughs> She's actually good. Like, <laughs> right. She's the only one. Uh, we actually don't know if COVID makes you immune. If having COVID keeps you immune, we do. True. Even though yesterday Trump at his Florida rally said he wanted to jump into the crowd and give them all all the beautiful women kisses. He said the men, too. That's true. Let's That's not, true. He did say the men. Deny that Trump yesterday said he felt so powerful <laughs> that he's immune and that he would kiss all the men and beautiful <laughs> women. So he's not even limiting no the hot men. He will no. kiss all of the men. No, he will kiss Chris Christie. Women. He will kiss Bill Barr. Right. Only the beautiful women. <laughs> Only the beautiful women get a smooch, but all of the men. Get I don't a know if Trump knows kiss. any attractive men. Are there any attractive men in his orbit? Jared is like an attractive adolescent boy. I'm literally thinking <laughs> of an attractive man that's in Trump's orbit. I think Jared would have to be the number one one. He probably hates Jared. And it's Jared. not like Jared's a stunner. No, he's not like he's a dime. Like, he looks yeah. like the cutest boy in school. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, if Jared grew out like an emo bang and got like a guitar, I think he could have like a Seth Cohen thing going. Yeah. Or like an androgynous thing. Yes. But yeah, if you wear like that. low rise jeans for sure. But, yeah, he's not doing that. So, but I guess, yeah, I guess it's Jared. DM us if you can think of a hot man that Trump knows. <laughs> Please, we'll send you some stickers. <laughs> oh, man. We're dead. Oh. We're surely we're missing one. I think people are going to, I think our listeners are going to expose their like weird fetishes. They're going to be like, Rudy <laughs> Giuliani, nobody. <laughs> you know what? Like Gorsuch is a handsome man. That's true. That's true. He could have been <laughs> handsome once. Gorsuch looks distinguished. So Jared and Gorsuch. C good lineup. 
<laughs> okay, great. <laughs> great. If anyone DMs us a picture of, of Don Jr. or Eric, please check yourself into an institution. Yeah. You're sick. We'll help you. <laughs> you're wrong and you're sick. Okay. In her opening statement, Coney Barrett reaffirmed her originalist and textualist views. A reminder that she clerked for Scalia. Scalia is her mentor. Uh, and said that she thinks policy should be made by elected representatives, not the judicial branch. Throughout this morning's questioning, because we are on day two, which means we're in the question and answer period, she kept her statements pretty vague and continued to dodge questions aimed at getting her to reveal her views, which is like kind of classic SCOTUS behavior. They kind of always get to be like, I actually can't tell you. Right. (laughs) And they act like that makes them like, no, I'm supposed to be a robot. Like, I'm taking the higher ground. And then. Oh, well, I couldn't possibly say. And it's like, you've written a hundred essays about this. And it's like, (laughs) right. I couldn't say. Right. So um, (laughs) she, we already. When you're on Real Housewives where it's like, I never said that. I never said that. And it's like, it's on tape. They just played it. Roll the tape. <laughs> uh, so speaking of rolling the tape, we do actually have a paper trail documenting Coney Barrett's views. She signed a 2006 letter that called Roe v. Wade barbaric. Um, this letter was actually distributed by a group that calls IVF manslaughter, which I it, I can't. <laughs> very difficult for me to understand because IVF is actually creating babies that otherwise would not right. have gotten to be. Yes. So is it manslaughter because of the embryos that get wasted? Is it manslaughter when I have my period every month? I'm like, I'm literally so confused by <laughs> the standpoint, but my guess would be that because you usually get a bunch of embryos. It's probably, and- they're probably, I bet they're referring to the embryo part of it. Like you can yeah. freeze your eggs and then use, well, no, no, IVF is always an embryo. Okay. Right. Right. But it's like, ultimately none of those embryos would have been a baby. Right. But one of them gets to be with this. Pro- so anyway, I don't understand that <laughs> at all. And I don't understand like who, I feel like you alienate a lot of people by being like, right. You're going to tell me no Republican women have had IVF. So she was asked about this today. Senator Leahy asked her. um, So the group that had distributed that letter also had an ad in the same paper saying IVF is manslaughter. And she was asked about this and what she has said about basically all of this fucked up shit is like, I'm not going to get into my personal views on policy positions, which I think exposes her right there. Cause it's like policy has nothing should have nothing to do with IVF. It's not yeah. a policy question until you make it one. Like, yeah, these I are mean, policy it- questions because States keep passing laws about our bodies. Yes, exactly. And it's like, it's just interesting because it it makes it kind of, these hearings are so frustrating because it really is just a lot of grandstanding and it's really more about the politicians kind of getting to make a big statement and answer, ask these questions or make an opening statement. Whereas the justices themselves just kind of get to be like, well, I don't really want to say because it might come up in the court. 
Exactly. And it's like, but that's why we're asking you because it might come up and we need to know if you think IVF is manslaughter. Exactly. And I think uh, this morning, John Corden, who I believe is up in Texas too. He is like MJ um, Hagar people. She's amazing. Love her. Um, He, she brought like a notepad. She didn't have any notes with her. And of course everyone else had tons of notes because they were asking her questions. And Senator Corden was like, judge Amy Coney, will you just show me the notes you have? Cause we all, we're all, we're all so inept. We have all these notes and show us how, how sparse your notes are. And she held up a blank notepad, which is also like home girl. Have you ever seen a meme? You do not hold up a blank notepad ever. Yeah. And also she does not need a notepad. She's not going to answer the questions. She's not, right. she doesn't need notes. She has one answer, which is that I'm not going to get into my personal views. It depends on the context I'd consider when that case comes. She has, she doesn't need notes. What are you talking about? But yeah. to be fair, she's like, fine. She's a smart lady. She has excellent recall and a great knowledge base. So did Serena Joy. That was what was scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's a reason those scenes in there and that in Handmaid's Tale are meant to make Serena Joy seem like seem really competent and appealing because you don't you don't have to be an idiot to be evil. I th- you actually it's actually the opposite. Yes. Yes. So I don't know, man. I mean, the whole thing is. I we both talked about I I watched clips from yesterday and just got the rundown from my news sources. I just am like. This whole thing is a sham. This whole thing is a joke. She's not going to answer any questions. We actually know what she thinks about all of this stuff. They're going to, I feel like they're going to confirm her. And what we all just really need to be talking about is balancing the court when all of this is said and done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that what the Democrats could do that is effective is, is at least try to get her to say things that would make it more politically favorable for them to to balance the court. Uh, for instance, yes. uh, this morning, Diane Feinstein did ask Amy Coney Barrett to answer if she believed Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided, and she declined to answer. We have a clip. Do you agree with Justice Scalia's view that Roe was wrongly decided? <clears throat> Senator, I completely understand why you are asking the question, but again, I can't pre-commit or say, yes, I'm going in with some agenda, because I'm not. I don't have any agenda. I have no agenda to try to overrule Casey. Um, I have an agenda to stick to the rule of law and decide cases as they come. Well, what I'm, as a person, uh, I don't know if you'll answer this one either. Do you agree with Justice Scalia's view that Roe can and should be overturned by the Supreme Court? Well, I think my answer is the same because, you know, that's a case that's litigated. It could, you know, its contours could come up again. In fact, do come up. You know, they they came up last term before the court. So I think, you know, what the Casey standard is and um, that's just it's a contentious issue, which is, I know, one reason why it would be comforting to you to have an answer. But I can't express views on cases or pre-commit Um, to approaching a case any particular way. Well, that makes it difficult for me, and I think for other women also on this committee. Me too. Uh, It makes it difficult for me as well. (laughs) Feels 
quite difficult. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. She's like, I don't think she keeps saying, I don't think that, you know, policy decisions should be left to the judicial branch. I don't think that decisions should be. It's like, well, well, Amy, I don't think that decisions in my household should be left to my husband, but maybe you do. So I'd like to hear about that. It's like, yeah, you do have an agenda. You've written it almost every chance you've had. Yeah. And like, other Supreme Court justices have said, like, I respect precedent in answer yeah. to that question. Yeah. And she didn't even go there. Like, I feel like Gorsuch maybe or even it's hard to remember anything that Kavanaugh said apart from sort of yeah. <laughs> screaming and crying and all this stuff about fear. But I know that I've watched past things where they've said, I respect precedent. Right. So for Coney Barrett to not even go there. Exactly. And not even be like, you know, I think what I will say is that it's a really big deal to overturn precedent. That is a red flag to me. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so far today, she also she was asked about systemic racism and noted that she has black children and that watching what happened to George Floyd was devastating for them. But she went on again, referring to things like addressing systemic racism as a matter of policy. She's often she affirms that she is an originalist, which is kind of, I mean, that to interpret the constitution as the writers originally intended would mean that people could still enslave other people. Yeah. So and you that's only have, not great. And only white men with land can vote. And right. Stuff. right. Like, yeah. And well, even that, that view is like inconsistent with even the 14th amendment, which some people have pointed out. Um, and the NAACP actually has already described her record as this is a direct quote, stunningly hostile to civil rights. And she once wrote that being called the N-word at work by your supervisor does not constitute a hostile or abusive work environment, which is interesting. That's very interesting. Can you imagine? I know. I'm like, uh, I, I, I mean, that's just all that stuff is stunning to me. It is. It is. But it's. I know it's a weird sort of defeatist place to be in because all of these things are known. She's going to give the same robotic answers to everything. And I don't know what the democratic strategy should be. I guess just drum up as much political capital as possible to rebalance the court after the election. And exactly. just point out that what they're doing is illegitimate. Yeah. And that we actually have a constitutional process that exists to fix it. Exactly. And um, what was actually unconstitutional was keeping the court at eight members. We already changed the number of people on the court when it suited Mitch McConnell. And so I think we should change it again to suit us because this is absurd what has happened here. And it's obviously a circus and it's obviously a joke. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Agree. Stay in line, folks. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Until the return of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.